Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler. I uh, got a lot I want to talk about tonight. Melvin Gordon coming back to the NFL. Uh, what to do about Jim Harbaugh and uh, the University of Michigan. Going to talk about that as well. Uh, Rex Ryan versus uh, Baker Mayfield. And Gus Malzahn, could he be coaching himself off the hot seat? Those are the stories I want to talk about tonight on Sports School. But let's start with the latest story out of L.A. And it is uh, Melvin Gordon. Uh, in his 64-day holdout, according to ESPN, Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn said that Gordon does, does report this week but he will not play on the team's row game against the winless Miami Dolphins. A Cleveland playing dealer was the first reported that Gordon was in in his holdout. Chargers of one and two will apply for a two-week roster exemption, giving the team time to uh, evaluate the workhorse running back and see if he's in shape and ready to play. I do not think that you can walk into camp and walk right into this game, Coach Lynn said. Uh, this is really good. Now, this is what uh, this is the key to this story. Uh, he he is going to be fined about two point five million dollars for this holdout, and the Chargers will seek to collect that money. And you know, Gordon, obviously Austin Eckler, like I predicted, one sixty yards through four, along with um, this other guy. Can't forget who uh, between him and the other running back. That's not really their problem. But you know, this team is a very hard-nosed football team. They've always been known to 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 play hardball with their complete opposite of a team like Dallas, who will pay anybody uh, this Charger team. But I will say this: um, I, I know it is not a good idea to just bring a guy in off the street and hit the ground running. A lot of players get hurt doing that in these holdouts. Ask Eric Dickerson. He talked about it. I do believe that uh, with Aaron Gordon, with Melvin Gordon coming back, of course, they got a road game at Miami. I see him winning that one. But the next two games, uh, Denver at home and Pittsburgh at home, I would play him in the Pittsburgh game uh, as far as starters are concerned. Now, the Denver game, uh, I would bring him in on a limited basis. But here's the key about a guy like Melvin Gordon. I said the team would run the ball well. They have run the ball pretty well. He is one of the best red zone running backs in the NFL. And by the way, Melvin, I know you watch this program. You watched it twice. It's nothing personal. I just said the $10 million that you were offered was probably pretty good. Now, I do know that... Um, from what I hear, the Marcellus Wiley said that uh, through a source that you uh, you got an opportunity to be the highest paid running back in the league. We'll see what that is. He wants that thirteen uh, between thirteen to fourteen million that is close to David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell. We'll see if he finds that in the open market. But I will say this: as far as this year is concerned, and like I said, more power to him. This is likely his final year. This could be a morale booster. This team is struggling. 
it's not because of the running backs. It, it's because of their safety play. And uh, Okun, their left tackle, is out. But uh, this guy's a good locker room player. And Gordon is a um, – this could be a morale booster for the team to get them back on the right track. Like I said, they got they got. If they don't win out at Miami, that they're not going to win anything. That I could see them really going downhill, like the Chargers have did in the past, other than last year. That being said, they got Denver and, and Pittsburgh at home, two teams that I know they can beat with uh, subpar quarterback play out of both programs. We'll see how that plays out. I think it's good for the Chargers. I think it's good for Gordon. I do not think he's going to make that money up. I think he should have went on and played out this season. But, hey, that's just my opinion. I know I'm not the guy's agent. I'm glad to see him back in the league, though, and all that good stuff. Okay, I, I've read this about uh, Rex Ryan and Baker Mayfield. Now, by the way, everybody, when I went on the program on Monday – Apologize about not being able to make it on yesterday. A uh, lot of sinus issues. Got home late. Uh, it's very difficult to do the program uh, five days a week. It's been a struggle for me with my 60-hour work week, but I uh, did not get a chance to come here on Tuesday and do the program. But my last uh, program on Monday, I did talk about Baker Mayfield and his lackluster performance. Uh and as a uh, starter, over the the five interceptions he's thrown in the uh, this year, he has been subpar. I would not go as far as saying he's overrated yet, like Rex Ryan did, and caused this spat where Mayfield has came back at him. Now I did tweet this story out. I talked about this story. I in this particular spat, I will say this. If you're going to have rabbit ears, I know Lamar Jackson's got rabbit ears. He made the um, – he, he kind of mocked uh, the people who saying that that uh, he's just a running back and he, he act like he was running the ball after beating Miami. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the chemistry is um, – it, it is a chemistry issue. It is a coaching issue right now. He is being pushed to his right, and he's thrown off his back foot. He does have mechanic issues. He does have mechanic issues, uh, he being Baker Mayfield. That's something Freddie Kitchens has got to work on. But getting back to this Rex Ryan thing, okay, Rex Ryan is a defensive-minded head coach. Uh, the two, By the way, his regular season record, even though we know he made it to the playoffs and got to an AFC championship game, uh, it's 61 and 66. He is below 500 regular season record. And do I mind you, Mark Sanchez from the New York Jets. Hey, how's it going? Mark Sanchez from the New York Jets play went down. He became a backup after leaving uh, Rex Ryan coach team. And so did Tyrod Taylor also after uh, his stint in Buffalo. So I have to say this, what does Rex Ryan know about a quarterback? Now, you can say, well, what do you know about a quarterback? Well, when you're a public figure like Rex Ryan, you're a two-time fired head coach. Uh, when you come out and say something like that, 
I'll have to take Baker Mayfield's side here. Rex Ryan, I've watched the quarterbacks uh, play downfall uh, with Rex Ryan. So Rex Ryan, you know, it is what it is with him. But, uh, you know, like I said, Mark Sanchez not in the Hall of Fame. Tyrod Taylor, uh, both backups. I want to say Sanchez is still in the league. I know Taylor's a backup for the Chargers. But that just kind of irritated me a little bit because he's one of those guys, you know, like my dad would say, he's all hat and no cattle. His dad, his, uh, one of those nepotism kind of hires, Buddy Ryan, the famous defensive coordinator, Help, uh, he helped get his son, Rex, Ryan, and, and his other uh, brother, Ryan, Rob Ryan, uh, in the league. Both of them are not working in the league that I know as we speak. Not bad defensive coordinators, but not even head coaching material. So I do kind of like that comeback that Baker Mayfield had. Now, as far as Mayfield, yeah, he's got to dial in and, and work on his craft. And uh, him and Freddie Kitchens has got to get on the right table. Uh, he's got to quit throwing off his back foot and going to the right like that. They've got to make that correction. I will agree there. But as far as going to say he's overrated, we'll have to give him a seat. Like I said on Monday, uh, when you come in the league, you're going to catch the league off guard usually as a, as a rookie quarterback like all rookies do that are highly coveted and somewhat talented coming into the league from college. Here's the thing. Do you adjust to the league's adjustment to you? I talked about Josh Freeman, member former one uh, first-round quarterback, played really well his, his first full year with the Bucks. Everybody thought he was going to be a star, me being one of those people. He turned out not to be. He could not adjust to the adjustment. A part of that is coaching and system. A lot of people real high, me being one of those people, on uh, Patrick Mahomes. But Patrick Mahomes has one of the best quarterback coaches, uh, if not the best in the league, um, and Andy Reid right now. And he's got a great roster behind him. The league is adjusted. He is readjusted. I think uh, once we get past September, the league will adjust again. He's got to readjust. He's going to have to constantly adjust and readjust to the league's adjustments. And a lot of these quarterbacks, uh, Mark Sanchez included, do not do that. We'll see how it goes. You know, I mean, it just depends. Uh, it just depends on how much work he puts in. It depends on the scheme around him with the running game. I do like what Steve Wilkes is doing. Uh, I think the media does like to sensationalize things. I do not think this team is as bad as they're saying it is. And I didn't put them in a Super Bowl. I had them winning the AFC North at first. And then I started seeing uh, what the uh, Pittsburgh was doing. Then I backed down from them. And then after uh, evaluation more, I had them still getting a wild card spot. I haven't rolled them off yet. If you want to look, uh, Al Michaels said this today. He called that game against L.A. He was on the Colin Coward show, and he said they had cornerbacks out everywhere, and they still almost won the game, the Cleveland Browns. So it's nowhere near as bad as people were making it out to be. They have a lot of adjustments to do. And mainly to, they've got to scheme up the running game, and they've got to fix his mechanics. They've got talent at tight end. they got receivers for days. 
and the offensive line is not a complete disaster. They've got two great they got one great running back's gonna be back after week eight, and they have Nick Chubb. So this team is not that bad. I wouldn't put him as far as overrated like Rex Ryan. He Mr. Sensationalized, Mr. 61 and 66. Uh, Mark Sanchez numbers go down gradually after being coached by Rex Ryan, along with Tyrod Taylor, both now backup quarterbacks. So, Rex Ryan, you really have no room to talk. Switching gears here. Um, everybody, I want to say this. Since uh, about 3 o'clock Central Time on Saturday, I've been thinking about and researching what is wrong with Jim Harbaugh? I mean, I had this guy as soon as he was hired in in in, in 2014. I had him beaten. Um, hey, how's it going? I had him beating the uh, Ohio State that first, that second year. Obviously, that never did happen. He never did beat Urban Meyer. Uh, yeah, I'll have to say this. It, it, it's not recruiting, and it wasn't really Michigan being cheap. Michigan, I do not blame. You know, I commend Michigan for what they did with him. They paid this guy seven point five three million. He is the third highest paid. Oh, thank you. Hey, how's it going? Oh, are you the person that? Um, I think you're the person I'll talk to. Are you the person that Antonio Brown blocked you that just recently followed me, a football fan from Florida? But anyways, uh, oh, okay. Okay. Well, sorry, I got you mixed up with somebody else. Anyways, good back to my stand here. So Harbaugh is known as a guy who, 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 who overcoaches uh, who's being too intense. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And, you know, he, it, it, like I said, it's not recruiting. So, and, and it's not Michigan being cheap. It's not recruiting. They're recruiting classes, by the way. This will all make sense in here in just a second. Everybody's kind of hear me out. Okay. They are, um, eight, last year in recruiting nationally. Uh, they had a down year in 18. They were 23rd, Michigan 23rd in recruiting, and they were fifth in the nation, 17th. So they should have a great class this year because of uh, the ranked fifth. This is according to 24-7, which is a combination of all the recruiting sites, okay? And like I said, he is the highest paid coach behind only Dabo Sweeney and Nick Saban, they are not the third best team in the country. So I said to myself, is it assistant turnover? Because, you know, a lot of people make the case that Nick Saban lost last year's national championship game because assistants were the assistant turnover is really hard for a coach uh, to keep up with all his assistants and make sure that all the players are on the right page, both sides of the ball special teams, and lined up. Nick Saban has the worst assistant turnover ratio in, the, in, in of all of college football, and he's still playing for national championships. So, But according to the research I did in a 24-7 uh, 
Sports uh, story, his assistant turnover ratio for Michigan and Jim Harbaugh is very much normal with the other programs. So it's not that, okay? Uh, he did. Now, here's a criticism, though. He's hired this new offensive coordinator. Is wanting to do a spread, high-tempo uh, type of system, Josh Gaddis. And there was a report he's, he never met him before he hired him. He hired this guy over the phone. So there was a little bit off reaction there. Another thing that I've noticed over the past few years, the last two seasons, Harbaugh's teams are less physical than they were prior to the first couple of years. So that is it. That is that is one thing that's observation. And my thing is, out the and, and then Harbaugh said after this um, that he's not going to be hands on. He's going to stay back from. And which I think is a bad thing from from Gaddis. He said he said that after the uh, uh, Army game. So I'm thinking to myself, Harbaugh is a guy that almost got into a fight with uh, Jim Schwartz when he was at San Francisco when Schwartz was a coach for the Detroit Lions. Uh, he had he had run-ins with management at the 49ers, which caused him ultimately to leave. You want to say he's fired, we want to say it's mutual, whatever. So I think that he has taken this stance of, I'm going to stay back and not overcoach my coaches, and I'm not going to step in and coach when needed. I'm going to be more of a CEO and just kind of stand my ground uh, from the outside and not over-micromanage. Okay, I think that has hurt Jim Harbaugh these last few years because they have not looked as physical. Uh, they look least athletic. I mean, they gave up 60-something points to Ohio State. Uh, he is, the like I said, this guy is the third highest-paid coach. Uh, of course, like I said, you know, it's 0-4 against Ohio State. And, um, but, you know, all that being said about Jim Harbaugh, I will say this. You know, a lot of people don't want to hear this because he is getting paid so much. But I do think that's the biggest thing. I think I think he's got to be more hands-on. Uh, he's got to be more like the guy the first two years when he took over, that super intense guy. I think uh, he has had health problems. I think he has made a personal, maybe his wife or somebody in the family and his doctor advised him to step back. I think he stepped back too much and, and, and the team's got complacent. He's going to have to step back in because this guy, I haven't forget how to coach, okay? He took a Stanford team that nobody's never heard of before and go up and beat. Uh, they were like 40-point underdogs against uh, USC. That wasn't a fluke. That was legit. He took a team that could not get to the playoffs, to the Super Bowl, and the NFC Championship game with the San Francisco 49ers. But this Michigan thing, like I said the last couple of weeks, this is the most pressure that he has had as a head coach because he is paid so much money, and he's coming back to his alma mater there at Michigan. But, you know, I want to say this. I do commend going back to the money because that's what everybody keeps going back to. You know, 
you have a losing record on the road against ranked opponents. You're 0-4 against Ohio State. I get that. A few of those games were uh, one-score games. One of them was a bad call away. He should have uh, – actually, I felt like they, they won one of those games. It was just a really bad call. But that being said, he hasn't made expectations. But going back to Michigan, okay, when he when he was hired there in 2014, uh, they were coming off Brady Hoke and Rich Rodriguez. He has a, a, a higher, a better record than both of those guys. Hoke was 31 and 20. Uh, Harbaugh's 38 and 14. Uh, Rich Rodriguez was 15 and 22. He was a complete disaster. I uh, remember Rich Rob was trying to use the Michigan players and do this crazy spread system, and that simply did not work in three years. Before that, Lloyd Carr uh, really fell off that 2007 season, uh, losing their home opener to Appalachian State. Do you guys remember that? But going back to, to what I was saying about Michigan, uh, if you're a Michigan fan, you, you've got to be proud of the uh, of the boosters. You've got to be proud of the AD and, and the president for doing the right thing. Since Lloyd Carr, you, very similar situation here in Tennessee. I'm out of Nashville, uh, big fan of University of Tennessee. I followed them my whole life. Okay, very similar situations. Tennessee. Has not won a national championship since, ironically, 1998. Jim Harbaugh's alma mater. Uh, Michigan hasn't won a national championship since when? 1997. Both having a similar type of drought. Lloyd Carr in 2007 lost his opening game to Appalachian State. Ultimately, he was fired that year. They did go 8-4. It wasn't as bad as we all thought it would be. Uh, the next year... Philip Fulmer uh, fired in 2008. Tennessee has went through several coaches, Lane Kiffin, Butch Jones, you name it. Uh, we, uh, Jeremy Pruitt is on a major hot seat right now, losing 34-3 to to Florida this past week. So very similar situations. But I'll say the same thing for Tennessee as I'm saying for Michigan. Uh, when, when your program is that low, you simply have to overpay. So I commend Michigan for overpaying for hardball. So you say, what do you do? Well, this is what I do if I'm Michigan. All that being said, I'm laying out the case. I'm, I'm, I'm laying out why he, uh, why I think he's messing up and, or where he has messed up from what I've read and looked into. And uh, I give Michigan as a university, I give uh, their side of the story and – what I think that uh, in my my opinion on them paying them this kind of money, if I'm if I'm Michigan, uh, yes, you're the third highest paid coach in the country. You are not playing like the ranked three uh, university in the country, and you're in your fifth year out of a seven year contract. If I'm uh, Jim Harb, uh, if I'm Michigan, the AD, I say, listen, Jim. We don't want to fire you because we we know the energy that you brought. Remember, he brought Tom Brady in for recruiting. Harbaugh has um, uh, remember he slept over at one of the recruits' house. He did the big thing in Florida. He did a lot uh, of jazz there to get this program back. 
He did beat Wisconsin, a good Wisconsin team last year. He did beat a good Penn State team pretty well year before last year and the year before that, uh, or last year. Uh, he he had made this team competitive. Ohio State didn't beat Ohio State. He hasn't been completely terrible. He has underachieved. I will acknowledge that. But uh, you know, this guy is is he, he played there. He he he's really uh, did it. You know, he's an honorable player, and I think he's brought more uh, publicity to Michigan. He has recruited well. It just hasn't panned out up to expectation. But I will tell – if I'm an AD, I'll say, listen, uh, this is a private conversation, but I'm telling you now, I, if you could get a job in the NFL, we don't want to fire you. We like what you've done. We do think you have underachieved. Uh, you have not lived up to your contract. If you want to do that, that'd be great. If not, we're not going to assign you to an extension. We'll let you play this thing out because you've got a new offensive coordinator. It looks like he's not going to work out, and we'll give you some time to get yourself out of this bind. And you say, why? Because everything I just said, he has brought a lot of good. He has brought a spark back to this program. Um, I think the positives with Jim Harbaugh have outweighed the negative for Michigan. So I'll say if you can find a job in the NFL, take it. Uh, there will be a whole hard feelings. We'll give you to the end of your contract to, to turn this thing around. Since, like I've said before, the league that the conference has gotten better. Uh, Penn state's gotten better. Uh, Ohio state had, has one of the greatest coaches of all time and urban Meyer still got a lot of great recruits there. By the way, he has out-recruited these guys. He had the best class in the conference this past year. So the recruits haven't lost him. Uh, the, the players hasn't have, have not lost faith in Jim Harbaugh. But you, you go back and you look at Wisconsin, you look at Penn State, you look at uh, Michigan State, it's always a tough out. And then, of course, Ohio State. Give him the end of his contract, which is 2021. So this is we're in 19. you got two more years left. Get him some time to turn it around. And if he can't, if he can't beat Ohio State and get in the playoff by then, go ahead and uh, don't re-sign him. Find another. I just don't think you should fire him this year. Listen, I'm from Tennessee. Tennessee, uh, we're hollering fire, fire. Here's the thing: who are you going to get? And by the way, everybody, before 1997, I looked up when Michigan won their final their championship. Before that, it's like 1948. So Michigan really isn't known as a powerhouse school. Bo Schimblacher never won a uh, national championship. He beat Woody Hayes a few times in the 70s. But he's never won a national championship, everybody. Hold on, everybody. Let me stop this record. Okay. I had to go to another. So, you know, you're looking at Rich Rodriguez, Brady Hope, Lloyd Carr. This ain't as bad as Tennessee. But, but it's pretty bad. So Jim Harbaugh, yes, he's – now, other options, yeah. Uh, after his contract runs out, may ask him to take a pay cut. I just, I just don't believe in – now, I did read today that Urban Meyer said no to the, to the job. I don't even know why that they would want to even bring it up to bring in Urban Meyer. I love Urban Meyer. I couldn't imagine Ohio native taking this job. He's working at Fox out there. Uh, there's a good chance 
the Clay helped, even though they did win again last week. They lost to BYU, but they've got injuries. It looks like their issue was um, was offensive coordinators. Now, another thing that could be part of what it is, he's just not replaced his uh, coordinators right, it, uh, Jim Harbaugh. So you got to give a guy like Nick Saban credit for being able to, to, to actually coach these coordinators and assistants and run the organization as a whole as a CEO. You know, I tell people all the time that, that the growth of NFL and college, it's, it's so big. The money's so good now. I mean, you have, um, I make sure I was recording here on all links. The money is just so big. It's growing. It's so competitive that you have to have all your ducks in a row. You have to have, your quarterback coach is set. You have to have your your offensive line coach. You know, a lot of people are talking about that uh, since the Steelers lost their offensive line coach, their running game has went downhill. Their offensive line coach was a former Hall of Famer who has uh, used to be an offensive line coach of Tennessee and a head coach for the Titans. Uh, he, he no longer is the offensive line coach. So these assistants are huge is what I'm trying to get at. And I read the list of player of coaches and assistants of Harbaugh's lost over the years. One of them being DJ Durkin. Remember, he was the head coach for Maryland. Now I know that he got in some trouble for uh, over uh, over coaching these guys and overworking his players. And that player died from Maryland. Ultimately, he got ran out. He's a hard nosed coach. I think he's backed away too much. Uh, and he's not paid attention enough on these uh, assistants. He didn't even meet with this offensive coordinator. So that is a Jim Harbaugh problem. But I think he can fix it. And uh, but if, but again, let me let me emphasize this. If I'm uh, if I'm Michigan, I I, I don't want to fire him because the way it may look. But if he takes a job in the NFL and they want to pay his buyout, good. You save that money and you go out and get somebody else. But I do commend Michigan. When you're a program and you've been down like Tennessee has, like Michigan has, and you start to get that bad reputation, your competition's way up like Tennessee's competition, like Michigan's competition, you're going to have to overpay. That's just the way it is. That's called the price of doing business. And staying in the same week, another guy that, you know, um, remember I said Brian Kelly has coached himself. Brian Kelly was 4-8 and eight a few years ago, everybody. Uh, head coach of Notre Dame. I had him out of the league uh, a year and a half after that happened. That didn't happen. This guy has got this team more physical. He is doing so much with Notre Dame, including beating this Michigan team. I mean, one score game at the team that I had winning a national championship uh, this year and still have. I'm going to stick by that until uh, proven otherwise. I don't see enough evidence to see why Georgia can't win it. But uh, my point is, up to this point right now, it looks like the Gus Malzahn, going back with Michigan, you know, Michigan's paid Harbaugh all this money, and people that are these Auburn fans, I know I've listened to the Paul Feinbaum show. I'm here out of Tennessee Listen to uh, the Paul Feinbaum show a lot with a lot of the SEC callers call in from Auburn area, and they wanted Gus Malzahn gone. 
he had this guy's took a true freshman quarterback, Knicks, and they beat a veteran quarterback and a veteran team, uh, veteran offensive line Oregon team, beat them in a neutral site game, first game of the season, and then he turned around on the road and beat at Texas A&M at t- a really talented, deep, up-and-coming Texas A&M team, beat them in their own backyard. Auburn, uh, A&M never had a shot at that game. Auburn got on top of them early, and that was one of those wire-to-wire type of finishes. You know, Gus Malzahn, you know, Alabama, Auburn fans, you got to look at this. This guy has beat Nick Saban twice. Nick Saban is the greatest coach of all time. You know, this guy has, has won, what does he won? Six national championships. He goes through, I just talked about Jim Harbaugh and the assistants. He goes through way more assistance than Jim Harbaugh does on a yearly basis. He lost this uh, spread, uh, what is his name, Geis or whatever. The the, uh, offensive coordinator for Michigan used to work for Alabama. He he loses more. He he coaches these guys hard. He coaches his coaches hard, you know. But Gus Malzahn has beat this guy twice in his tenure. Uh, he's played for a national championship. I know they have lost some games, like the what was that the Central Florida game or South? Yeah, that Central Florida UCF game in the bowl game. I know they lost that. Uh, people say bowl games don't mean a lot until you lose them, and then you get that criticism. But I'll say this: no one they lost last year, but the one the year before that, they always seem to give uh, Georgia a game. But you know that Auburn win was huge. That road Texas A&M game. And you look at what Gus Malzahn, he's doing this with a true freshman quarterback. And you got to think to yourself, Auburn fans, be careful what you wish for. I'm talking here out of Nashville, not too far from Knoxville, Tennessee, a team that's getting beaten 34-3 to by Florida, a team that lost to Georgia State uh, uh, and BYU two weeks in a row. Be careful what you wish for when you're wishing to fire, fire, fire. So these Gus Malzahn haters out there, uh, be careful that because it's not easy winning in this league. The SEC still has the best offensive defensive lines in all of college football. I didn't say the best coaching, but they have the most talent. Uh, That is proven by the NFL draft year in and year out. Look how good LSU is now with Joe Burrows and and Ed Orgeron. He finally got it right. He's not really the greatest X's and O's coach in the world, but he knows how to get the right people around him. So if you're an Auburn fan, you know, you people that I wanted him fired coming into this season, I don't know about that. I mean, you, you beating A&M on the road like that, I think they'll give Alabama a game. But we'll see. But, you know, I just started looking. And that was the first I predicted that Gus Malzahn would be fired this year along with Clay Helton. Uh, Helton start, lost his starting quarterback at USC. Uh, Colin Cowher still saying that he thinks he's going to get fired even though they did beat Utah last week. What was that with a third-string quarterback? Um, I, I, I would wait that out. I know they're getting a new AD there up in USC. But uh, Auburn, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I would I would do the wait and see approach on that, and be careful of uh, what you wish for. 
because the replacement might not be there. It's hard to find good help these days. And now it's not just the fact that the head coach, you have to have a good staff. Uh, Clemson, I cannot say this much, same defensive coordinator pretty much the whole time he's been there, Dabo Swinney. This guy is a well of a defensive coordinator. Now, he is an older coach. He's not head coach of material. I think he has a losing record as a head coach, but is a dominant defensive coordinator. Now, in NFL, that, that, that is the case with a lot of, uh, like, North Turner, terrible head coach, great defensive coordinator. Rob Marinelli at Dallas, the Cowboys, terrible head coach, great defensive coordinator. It's hard to find that in the college game, but uh, Clemson has that. Going back to, like I said, Saban goes through these people every year. Uh, a lot of the big programs do, but the more you win, the more this thing happens. So, uh, you know, like I said, Brian Kelly coached himself. I don't think Notre Dame can do better than Brian Kelly. And quite frankly, I'm not really sure until Nick Saban leaves Alabama that Auburn can do better than Gus Malzahn at this time. It's very tough to win in these games. Like I said, the salaries are getting more. You're getting millions of dollars for college assistance, unheard of 10, 15 years ago. I think maybe the first I heard for a million-dollar assistant was at Tennessee with uh, Monty Kiffin, uh, legendary defensive coordinators um, uh, in the NFL. That was his dad, the head coach. So you guys have to really pay attention to that. And trust me, I'm one of the I'm one of those fans. But uh, they wanted to fire the head coach every time we went on the losing streak against one of our biggest rivals. Uh, growing up, following University of Tennessee, before you know, if we lost two to thirty-four to three to a team like Florida, I wanted them to fire him. But take the approach. You keep trying. You keep paying the top dollars. You will find the coach. So Michigan, I think you'll get there. Um, but like I said. Going back to Harbaugh, this is a guy that I would um, I'd say, if you want to take a pro job, go ahead and take a pro job. We'll find somebody else. We want to. We don't. We do not. I think it's boss like fifteen million. We don't want to pay your buyout. But if you want to stay here, we'll let you uh, coach out the contract. He's only got two more years left. He's a very competitive guy. He knows he's been embarrassed on national TV with against uh, Wisconsin. I think he would do that. It's just food for thought. I know it's a different approach than other people would say, but like I said, it, it, it's really tough. And you see a guy like the Gus Malzahn, you can coach yourself off these hot seats. Brian Kelly did it. And and Gus Malzahn, I think he's he's done it twice. This this will be a second time. The first time was when he beat um, Alabama a few years ago to get into the SEC championship game, ultimately losing to Georgia playing those two tough games in a row. But that's all I have this evening, everybody. I will be back on tomorrow to talk about the NFL. Obviously, Philadelphia and Green Bay play. It's going to be a huge game. Uh, for the record, I like Green Bay. I think Philadelphia's got too many injuries at the secondary. Fantasy-wise, love me some, um, obviously, Aaron Rodgers, but um, – Devontae Adams, wide receiver there, should have a good game. Uh, this will put Philadelphia 
into a stranglehold to uh, uh, they're going to be behind Dallas in this uh, NFC East. Now, of course, I said Dallas would win it, and I said that, uh, Philadelphia wouldn't get to the playoffs. I thought they would win maybe 10 games and not get in there. But we'll see how it goes out tomorrow. But I do like Green Bay to play well and win that game. We'll talk about that game after the program or after the game's over with. I start around 11 p.m. Central Time. And that is all I have for this evening. Everybody go back and watch the program. You can follow me on Twitter. And uh, I also retweet the podcast. I got the Anchor app, several different platforms. Oh, Saints Cowboys. Uh, I'm going to take the Cowboys, but you know I was watching inside the NFL before I started today's program, and Phil Sims is taking the Saints. Now, the Saints went all the way to Seattle, and I said, you know, something weird about that four-point spread. It's like Vegas knew something that I didn't. I thought that Seattle would be a seven- to eight-point favorite there. Uh, Apparently, they, they knew something. Teddy Bridgewater played really well. Uh, The defense played way better than uh, they played the week before that. And also, Alvin Kamara, the blocking scheme, they they come in there ready. And Seattle was half-stepping after that road trip, and they got beat. Now, playing Dallas is a different animal. Dallas's offensive line is playing better than it ever has. Uh, Dak Prescott has had all kinds of time to throw. Amari Cooper. Uh, I just see Dallas winning this game, but I do think it will be a close game. Some people are calling for the Saints. Like I said, Phil Sims is calling from inside the NFL. He's calling for the Saints to win it. I just like Dallas's defense and overall roster right now and their confidence of how well they're playing. I know they ain't played nobody. They played Washington, the Giants, and the lowly Miami Dolphins, but Dallas looks sharp as a tack right now. I'll take Dallas in that game to get the win, but I do think it'll be an entertaining game. Well, have a good night, everybody. I'll be back tomorrow after Philadelphia and Green Bay. Like I said, I like Green Bay to win that one comfortably. Thanks. Okay, podcast.